The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show. It looks very different to uh, how it was going to be last week because initially, of course, we didn't have a game this weekend due to the uh, international break. Uh, now we do. Uh, more on that coming up throughout this hour. Uh, Phil's away, uh, owing to the fact that he thought there was a, a break this week due to the international break. So uh, this week, uh, the part of Phil will be played by Luke. I was going to try to do an impression, but I, I've, <laughs> I've bailed. I'm yeah. not Luke Leahy. I can't do impressions. No, a different Luke. Uh, this is Luke from... Uh, well, Wickham Sound and Wickham you've got two, a foot in both camps I have a foot in both producer Luke because Jack shouted at me earlier on today which is quite nice yeah, yeah. Your my reputa- full title reputation goes before Ooh. you uh, so we'll discuss uh, uh, the events at Adams Park of course it's been uh, a hectic seven days or well, not even seven days uh, <laughs> since uh, the Stevenage game of course on Saturday we'll bring you up to date with the health of Brandon Hanlon and Luke Leahy as well uh, we'll reflect on a new signing which was announced around 4.30 this afternoon strengthening the forward line with the arrival of Lyle Taylor uh, you might not even have heard you might just be, uh, you know, getting in and thinking, oh, what's, what's been happening? Uh, yes, Lyle Taylor has uh, been brought in and set to make his debut on Saturday in, against AFC Wimbledon, which you may recall was due to be on Tuesday, a 7 o'clock kickoff, the final group game of the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. Uh, both clubs have already progressed in the competition, but uh, we're combining for the opportunity to uh, top the group, which will be a nice one. Uh, kickoff is at 12.30 on Saturday at Adams Park, not on Tuesday at 7. Don't go then. Uh, the idea, of course, is uh, to give more time for uh, both clubs in between their next fixtures with uh, a number of uh, injuries and also international call-ups as well. Also coming up on the programme as well as hearing from manager Matt Bloomfield who spoke to the media a little earlier on today from the training ground we'll catch up with Alan Hutchinson who's the chair of the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association. Their annual dinner uh, kicks off uh, a week tomorrow or if you're listening on the podcast uh, Friday the 24th of November. Um, and uh, Marta O'Neill, uh, the uh, guest of honour, and uh, Matt Bloomfield will be there as well, the current manager. Uh, but we're commemorating 30 years in the Football League. Alan Hutchinson used to be the press officer, well, he had a number of roles at the club, but uh, he uh, had a fantastic uh, relationship with uh, the uh, aforementioned Marta O'Neill, and uh, he'll be regaling some of those stories. We'll hear from Craig as well, who does uh, a lot of work with uh, Wickham Wanderers Women. And, of course, uh, we'll uh, bring you news from the foundation as well. Uh, For example, last week we talked about the EFL Week of Action. Uh, This week has been Operation Scepter as well. And uh, last night, Wednesday night, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, there's a a football uh, event, a football-themed event, which we'll find out more about in the coming weeks as well, where uh, youngsters, uh, there's a police officer in attendance as well, and uh, they can ask questions and and really, you know, um, develop their kind of behaviour and attitude, I guess, towards the police and and really sort of be steered away from from getting involved in in crime. So we're featuring that uh, as well. But first, as mentioned, uh, Luke playing the part of... Uh, Phil Catchpole this this week. What geezer? What what is that? No, I'm not sure. No, I'm just going for London. Yes, yes. Not necessarily Phil. No, and you did some hand actions as well. Yeah, which, I which, well on which, the radio. Which, which oh, uh, well, obviously no one's watching because they can't. No. But but if they if they were, they'd have been quite, quite entertained by that. But how how would you sum up this week at the club? Ooh, um, eventful, emotional, and busy. So obviously you're at the game on Saturday, so kind of describe if that's the right um, expression. Kind Because of, a lot of people, I guess, didn't really quite understand what was happening with either of the injuries, really. It was, it was kind of a... It was obviously a, a very... A lot going on in the week up to it. So there was, a, you know, lots going on in everyone's mind up towards the game. Um, and then on, on Saturday, obviously, there was the, the really early injury to, to Taff, which no one really knew what happened, uh, but he has got a, quite a, a nasty cut on his lip. Which he said it just goes with the rest of the scars on his face, so that's fine. Um, so no one really knew what sort of happened there. Um, and then obviously there was the the injury to to Hanlon that happened as well. 
um, which from the look of photos and watching back the video, the, the obviously there was some sort of wrestling throwdown move uh, on him, but the actual um, injury to his leg was done just before that as well, the way that he was standing and then twisting um, means that he's looking like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, and then the events that happened around Luke Leahy as well, which was horrific to watch from the gantry, um, his family members, um, as it's you know come out over the last few days, were also down that end as well. So I think what it did show is how well Wickham Wanderers fans, players and the team as a whole just sort of show themselves to these events. You know, um, uh, we'll hear from the gaffer later on. The players went and made sure that Luke could, you know, his tongue wasn't uh, in a wrong place. They were being basically first aiders, the first people on the scene, uh, guarding him when uh, the, the treatment was being done as well and how they... You know, made sure that Luke's fans were uh, sorry, uh, Luke's family were okay as well. Uh, Joe Jacobson and some of the other players that weren't playing as well went around to make sure that that they were okay and looked after them. So I think actually the the club has shown itself in a really good light in the in the last seven days in some some trying and some emotional times. No, absolutely, and you know, subsequently, you know, as the manager will tell you about later on as well, that you know there were mixed reports really that that the club wanted the game called off, mm. and you know. It felt a bit at the time as well, like you know, there's so much added on time in, in each half. But you know, to, <laughs> to, to a point, you know, the, the result and the outcome of the game didn't seem quite so important. Yeah, and I think that was if you've watched any of the post-match stuff, that is sort of the the key things because Brandon and Luke both went off into an ambulance. You know, no one really knew what was going on, and we didn't obviously get the the news that they had both been discharged from hospital till a, a lot later on. Um, and you know, I'm not going to talk for the gaffer. There's a a really interesting interview that is on um, the Wicked Wanderer social media where he talks about uh, some of the other things that happened as well, and um, you know, some things that were said that were going to happen after the game that haven't happened. So, you know, have a listen to that on um, on Wicked Wanderer social media because it is it, again, it just shows and highlights what a club Wicked Wanderer is. No, absolutely, and, and and really nice in in that regard as well. And because obviously, you know, there are there are players out on international duty currently as well. There are players who already were injured. Um, again, coming up later in the show, we'll, we'll discuss the the players that are that are coming back. There was a behind closed doors game against Aldershot, which which saw the return of uh, the likes of um, uh, Jack Grimmer and uh, Captain Matt um, Matt Bloomfield. The former captain, no, he was, he was there. Yeah. Joe Jacobson. Yes, that's him. Christy Ward as well. Christy Ward as well, also returned, thank you. And uh, that was good news, but but also, obviously, it felt like, you know, even before Saturday, they, they were quite short. Yeah, I mean, we've got fly, fly, five players out on international duty, and I think the gaffer said, you know, double figures now for, for injuries as well. So, to be honest, it's the perfect time for, for Jack, Joe and, and Christy all to be coming back into... Um, to, to better health and, and fitness as well. So it, it's going to be great to see them uh, them playing if they do play again on Saturday. You would think after playing uh, the game uh, in midweek that they will be playing on Saturday, um, purely because there's not many other people to play. I've not been asked yet, but I am ready. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Great news. Uh, Brandon put out a, a tweet a little earlier on, didn't he? A post um, just saying that, you know, he's, he's really grateful for the, the support he's received. And, and as you say, it looks like he'll be out for the rest of the season. Yeah, he said on um, on social media earlier, after being stretched off on the weekend due to an injury to my ACL, I will be missing out the rest of this season. It's hard to take right now and long road to recovery, but I will be back stronger. I want to thank the fans and everyone for all the messages and support. I think that was a real relief, wasn't it, to, to hear on Sunday, I think it was, that both players have been discharged from hospital. Yeah, and I th- I think obviously for for both of them, you know, especially if you're on the, the the in the Frank Adams stand, you would have seen the injuries and and how much pain they were they were both in, and obviously the the um, how much attention was being paid on Luke, so you knew it was a severe what, what had happened. 
Um, and Luke as well uh, tweeted out earlier in the week as well, thanking everyone for his uh, the messages that he's been sent over the last few days as well, um, and that everyone thanking everyone at the club as well um, for how they looked after him and his family as well. Uh, he also said thank you to my teammates for quickly realising and getting to my attention, physios and doctors, and lastly thank you to members of the South Central Ambulance Service and staff at Stoke Mandeville Hospital. We we were talking after the game that we, it was quite nice they both went to the same hospital and hope they sort of when Luke came back round was on the next bed to Brandon and sort of like oh what are you doing here? Oh that is really nice. Yeah that might not be true but it was quite nice. That's <laughs> what we were thinking. He didn't say oh what are you doing here? No, 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 that no. might not be true. Uh, fantastic to, to hear that and we obviously wish them them both a yeah. really speedy recovery uh, and uh, hope to see them back on the pitch and perhaps here again soon as well because yeah. it was only on Tuesday that, uh, that Luke was here yeah it's, it's you know it's how fast things have, have changed this week obviously we'll talk about the new signing in a moment but talking to Luke before the game and you know as well so it's it's such a shame because both of them were doing so well um, and obviously with Brandon being out for, for the whole rest of the for the rest of the season obviously we hope um, Luke will be back very soon but obviously if anyone's going to know how important it is to take time after head injuries or any kind of injuries is, is Matt Bloomfield. So uh, he said today, as you'll hear later, that you know there will be no rush to get to get Luke back on the pitch. And really interesting for you to get a sort of club's idea, if that's the right word, of, of you know, bringing in reinforcement of, of great quality. Yeah, uh, uh, a signing today, which is uh, brilliant. You know, as, uh, as the tweet said, you know, we need a striker and we got one. Uh, Lyle Taylor joining the club on a short-term deal uh, that was announced earlier on today and will be uh, going straight into the squad to face uh, his former side, actually, Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon, uh, in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy at Adams Park on Saturday, not Tuesday, and 12.30, not 7 o'clock. Absolutely, and an interesting uh, Thunderbirds connection there. <laughs> yeah, well, we, you know, I can't take the credit for the idea. It was Matt Cecil's idea. Um, you know, we've we've become, I hope, well known. Is that the right word for the yellow gif? Synonymous. Synonymous. Good Notorious. Right. No- Notorious. Let's go for that for the yellow gif. So we're talking about, you know, how can we, uh, you know, what can we do to to bring on Lyle? Uh, both of us are fans of Thunderbirds, uh, International Rescue. So that's what we went with. Why nice. not? Yeah. Why, why not? Indeed. Why not? Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> But you know he's he is already um, he's already you, again one of these players, and we said about it um, with with many of the new signings, Luke Leahy, Richard uh, Keogh, that he feels like he's been at the club for a long time. Obviously, he's he's very good friends with um, Adebayo Akinfenwa. You may know him uh, for his time at Wimbledon. Aware as well. of his work. Aware of his work. Uh, so it's you know there's a lot of connections to him. The gaffer you know saying about um, how lo- how they looked at him in the summer as well, but it just wasn't right timing. So you know he got his man in the end. So you'll be able to hear live commentary from Adams Park from. <laughs> The unusual kickoff time at 12.30 on a Saturday. Yeah, it's very confusing this weekend because uh, obviously it's the Christmas light switch on as well. So live commentary of uh, Wickham uh, versus Wimbledon with Sam Avery and Ben Blake. Uh, a on, number of substitutes uh, there. <laughs> many substitutes uh, will be uh, build up to the game from 12 o'clock uh, on FM, on 106.6 FM and on Wanderers TV. Not online. Do not listen on Radio Player. It won't be there. You'll be listening to Christmas Light Switch on otherwise. Yeah, I was going to say, you could tune into Christmas Light Switch. Yeah, but if you want football coverage, it won't be there. Sorry. No, and don't tune in at three when you'd expect football. No, because it won't be then either. No. It would have finished. It would have finished, yeah. That definitely will be Christmas Light Switch on. That would have gone into extra time then. It would have. But yeah, maybe, I don't know if you know, but maybe um, some representatives from Wicked Wanderers might be at the Christmas lights. You never know. Anything could happen. Not Matt Bloomfield singing. No, <laughs> no more on that later. Yeah. Uh, that's all to come as well. Oh, so, one other thing I forgot to mention that happened this week. Yes. Uh, is that uh, you can now follow up-to-date news for Wicked Wanderers uh, via WhatsApp. Ooh. We've got a WhatsApp channel because that's the new and cool thing to have. Uh, all the details are on the Wicked Wanderers website or just search for Wicked Wanderers under the channels. 
Sounds very good indeed. It's very high tech. Exciting. Yeah. WhatsApp. WhatsApp. What? Sorry. WhatsApp. Yeah. yeah. Go on to WhatsApp. <laughs> go to the middle tab thing. Search for Wickham Wanderers, and you'll get all the good stuff. You heard it here first. You did. Well, probably well, not. Probably no, not. No, no. <clears throat> <laughs> secondly yeah yeah uh, still to come on the Wickham Wanderers show we'll be hearing from uh, Alan Hutchinson who's the chairman of Wickham Wanderers ex-players association Matt Bloomfield as well we'll catch up with him to preview Saturday and uh, review what's been happening uh, at the club over the last few days uh, Craig will join us as well from Wickham Wanderers women online on radio player and on 106.6 FM this is Wickham Sound Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers show, we'll uh, round up uh, what's happening with Wickham Wanderers women. We'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield as well, who uh, talks about an eventful uh, week at Adams Park, uh, plus, of course, building up to Saturday's game in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy, which has been rescheduled from Tuesday night. Now a 12.30 kickoff at Adams Park against AFC Wimbledon. But first, if you're a regular listener around this time to the show, uh, you'll know that uh, we dedicate the uh, second third of the show to uh, the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association who uh, coming up very very soon at the end of the month or or next week if you prefer have their uh, annual dinner and uh, it's a very special event this year commemorating 30 years of the club in the Football League. I'm very pleased to say we're joined by the chair of the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association Alan Hutchinson. Thank you so much indeed for for joining us. Okay it's a pleasure. And it it must take a lot of organising the the, the dinner but also you know such a special occasion it probably doesn't feel like sort of 30 years ago to yourself. Well, it does in a way, because um, everything in those 30 years has been going on at an incredible pace. And uh, it's been quite exciting, really. But we've actually launched the players, ex-players in 2008. And um, because of of COVID, of course, we couldn't uh, have one dinner. Um, I think it was 2019. Uh, it might be an 18, but I can't remember. But that's why this is our 13th, because it should have been our 14th. <laughs> but it's our 13th. And, um, yeah, there's one a tremendous amount of work that goes into doing it, because not only have, have you got to do all the the meals and, and think about what we're going to da- do and what's going to happen, but it's also getting all the people to come in. You know, asking all the ex-players if they want to come and will they come and we'd love to see them because they're either doing, we're either doing an event that concerns them when they were playing or an event that they know other people are with or about. Um, and so it gives them a chance to meet up with, with ex-players that they've known or either uh, want to meet. And so it really is terrific. I mean, so far, and I don't think it's going to get any higher, but I think it's about 170 that are coming this year. No, that's incredible. I was fortunate enough to go last year, and it's a real fantastic occasion and atmosphere as well, and uh, brilliant to have uh, Martin O'Neill confirmed this year, who is someone who you've had a, a, a fantastic relationship with over the years. Perhaps you could, you could uh, if you can recall, your, your very first encounter with him. Oh, yeah, I can. Um, yes, it was amazing. He joined in the February of 1990, and it was amazing that he actually came at all, because... Originally, when he bumped into Alan Parry, a, a match that they were both at, they started having a chat, and uh, Alan Parry said to him, look, he said, why don't you think about becoming our next manager? We're looking for a new manager. So he said, oh, no. anyway, in the end, he said, yes, I will. I'll be very interested to, to see what the situation is. Anyway, when AP gets back to the club and finally meets up with, with uh, Ivor Beeks, who was the chairman then, Ivor said to him, well, he said, the problem is 
Kenny Swain has agreed to do the job. So he said, there's no, that's it. He said, you have to give him a call and tell him you're sorry. So that's what happened. And then the very next day, Kenny Swain rings Ivor and says, I'm sorry, I'm pulling out. I don't think I will do it after all. And then Alan has to, of course, ring him again and say, look, uh, Kenny Swain's dropped out. Do you fancy doing it? If so, um, give Ivor Beeks a ring and you can sort out a meeting as soon as possible. And that's exactly what happened. And so in the February of 1990, he arrived at the club and uh, it was interesting to meet him. It really was. So how did he sort of settle in there initially? Because I guess with any new manager, you know, it must take a while to kind of bed in and, and to, to, for them to make changes. Well, yes. In fact, to be honest, we didn't get on very well uh, for the first six or seven weeks. Uh, he thought I was trying to run things. I wasn't. I was trying to help him, but he didn't see it that way. And in the end, his lovely wife, Geraldine, who's a delightful lady, took, t- took me to one side and she said, now look, Alan, she said, Martin likes to do things his way. The best thing you can do is let him carry on and do it. She said, because if there's any item at any time or something he wants to refer to, he'll come and ask you. And once he's done that, you'll get to know each other and you'll find you'll probably get on very well in the end. And that's exactly what happened. And I guess there must be so many kind of memorable occasions, you know, throughout his, his time at the club and obviously the, the Wembley finals. But I, I've seen, you know, videos of past um, players' dinners as well where, where, you know, you've, you've had a sort of Q&A with him and, and brilliant some of, the, some of the stories that obviously fans perhaps aren't aware of and, and things that perhaps happen on a team bus, for example. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, this, this is why these annual dinners are so good, because you can drag up things like that that come back to the memory and... People get they get quite surprised at what's happening and what's been going on um, in the past as well. And I, I bumped into Martin a little while ago. I, I, I can't remember where it was at the football club. There was something going on. I can't remember what it was now. On the opening of a room upstairs, there's an opening of a room upstairs, and he attended it. And uh, he came up to me. He said, "Oh, how are you?" I said, "Yeah, fine, fine." And we had a long chat. And he, in the end, he said to me, "Oh, we said, wasn't it terrific?" He said, "When we worked together all those years ago." And I said, well, when we finally got to know each other, it was, it was <laughs> superb. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he's got lots of good memories. And that's why it's worth doing an interview with him, because he'll, he'll come out with his memories. And there'll always be a good story that's uh, linked to it as well. Because obviously you'll have great memories of you know the trips to Wembley with the, the playoff final and the FA Trophy final, but oh, I guess well, as well it's the it's the kind of the, the sort of Tuesday nights in Macclesfield or you know the, the things which are kind of, kind of much kind of less perhaps known about. Well, it's quite incredible. I mean, for example, the first season that when, when he came in in the May, sorry, 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 in the February of 1990, um, we finished tenth in the uh, in the GM Vauxhall Conference, which was the highest we'd been for some time. We only lost two games um, after he joined, which was quite remarkable. But also, we got to the Berks and Bucks Cup final to play Slough Town at Hungerford, which back then was a really big trophy, you know. And it turned out to me an absolutely superb game, marvellous game, and a really big crowd as well. But we managed to win that 2-1. And so it was a good start for him. And I think he realised that... Um, you know, as long as he kept going and brought some new players in, then things would improve, as they surely did. And I remember he asked me to go to a game with him at Brentford, and it was for the reserves. And I, I said, well, what do I want to go to the reserves? He said, well, he said, I'm going to be looking at the, the centre-half, Terry Evans. 
he said, I'm interested in him. He said, we see what he's like. Well, after about 15 minutes, I said to him, I said, hey, I said, I'd like to look at the right back. He said, yeah, so do I. He said, he's terrific. He said, you know, get his name and, and, and see. So I went out down the stairs and found out who he was and all that kind of thing. And then at the end of the game, Martin went through into the, the, the dressing room, met the manager, uh, had a chat with him. Then they brought the chairman out and Martin had a chat with him and then uh, gone out to his car, got in the car to go back to the ground. And he said, to, oh, we signed, we're going to be signing him. He said, I've done an agreement, he said, to get him to the club, which was absolutely terrific to, to get a player like that. I said, well, what about Terry Evans? Ah, oh, well, I've got to think about him a bit more, you see. <laughs> Well, the point was, Terry hadn't played for a long, long time, and he wasn't fit. And it looked that way when you saw him back then. Um, anyway, when Cozzo came, he started talking to him about Terry Evans, and, and Cozzo said, yeah, he said, he is good. He said, don't you worry, he wouldn't let you down. He said, he's just got to get fit, and he said, he knows that. Well, anyway, we went to our first, he did sign Terry Evans, and we went to the first game, and I sat with him on the bus, on the team bus, going up there. And uh, I can't remember where it was now, but it was it, um, it was somewhere in the in, in the middle of the country. Just can't remember where it was. But we went up there, and he said, "The problem is," he said, "I'm not fit." He said, "I'm nothing like as fit as I should be." And he said, "I'm really concerned. He said, I might not do that well today." Anyway. Um, he had a few problems at the back and scored a very good goal. We won the match 3-1. And I did this interview with Martin after the game, which was terrific. And he came up with this line that said, well, he was far more dangerous in our box than he was in theirs. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I mentioned that to Terry, doing an interview with him live on Wickham Sound, I think or one of the things that was going back then. And he came out with a few words, and suddenly this little voice in my ear said, oh, we seem to have lost contract with Mr. Hutchinson. Uh, we'll have to come. And, of course, it's what Terry actually said. <laughs> 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 so they pulled him out. And I said, look, we'll do an interview tomorrow. I said, it's no good you getting upset about it now. We'll do an interview tomorrow, and you explain to everybody what being fit really means. The fact is, you know, some of the people in the stand know that what they think is being fit is nothing like it. But even players like me who played for a while never ever played at your level. And when we think we're fit, we're nothing like what you guys have to get the fitness. So we did this terrific interview. It really was good. And uh, it won an awful lot of fans over who tuned in to listen to it. Uh, and suddenly that was helpful to him. And we got very close. We've been big friends ever since. Ever since. Uh, it's really nice to hear. And was it long into Martin's tenure where, where you thought, oh, so, something special is happening here? Yes, I mean, I, it was obvious that what he wanted to do and what he was trying to do would be to bring a really decent side into Wickham that would fetch more people into the ground. And, um, you know, he, all he did was want to win things. That's all he was interested in doing, winning things. And he really was quite serious about it. The other thing that was interesting, too was that the following year, when it was 1990 itself, um, you know, 1991 season, that's when we opened Adams Park. And, um, of course, there was a big build-up to doing all that. I was really involved in that in a big way. And um, 
I thought, well, what a good idea it would be for me to try and get Nottingham Forest to come down, the, the side that Martin had played with for so long, you see, who were then a very good team with a lot of good players in, in their team. And I said to him, well, Martin, is there a chance that you can give um, the manager up there a call? I said, because uh, I tried to get hold of him and he's busy and I just don't seem to be able to get through to him. But, um, you know, if you could see, ah, oh, see, the trouble is such, you see, we don't get wrong very well. He says, so he won't speak to me. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so it was a real problem. But I might did find, finally manage to get hold of him. And uh, he was great, you know, he, he was terrific. We got on very, very well. And uh, I think he was so pleased to come down, which uh, really was great for the crowds. Cause it really did pull the, the crowds in, you know, with, with the team they got and also the manager who was a big name in the game back then. So, um, no, it was great stuff. So what was that transition period like? Because I think a lot of fans remember, you know, the last game at Adams Park, and as you say, uh, last game at Lokes Park, and as you say, the first game at Adams Park. Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Um, we part, We had a very good game at um, the last game at Lokes Park. In fact, Martin played in that. He came on as a sub and played uh, about 15 minutes. And I also managed to get some really big names for that one as well. Um, you know, it really was great. That was a very, very good uh, end to our Lokes Park days. There was a big crowd in there as well at the time. Uh, it was just superb. And obviously, as your, as your role as the, as the press officer, were, were there occasions where you know you had to really kind of guide Martin as to what he said to the press, or, or were there certain things that he, he had to kind of keep to himself and, and not not kind of reveal so much? Well, luckily, he, he was uh, he knew that he, he was good at that. He was good at that. Um, it's very, very, very rare that I had to say to him, "Well, oh, don't say that," or you know. Whatever. But um, no, he, he was good at that. He thought well, and he was clever at just launching something that might ask them to keep asking questions, which was very clever. So it meant we kept appearing in the papers and <laughs> Yeah, it was very good. And obviously as well, we mentioned that the trips to Wembley, but you know, things like the the Runcorn and Kidderminster and Preston games must must really stand out for you as well. Oh, they were incredible. Um yeah, the two wins that we had um in the FA trophy, they were just fantastic, wonderful games. Um, but the Preston game, that was something else, because um, to beat them the way we did was absolutely superb. Not too many people thought we would win that game because Preston were the favourites. But um, And, of course, the interesting thing is that um, Preston North, playing for Preston North End on that particular fi- in that particular final, and he played against us several times, was... Um, the former Wickham manager who just left to go to Queen's Park Rangers. And he was playing for Preston North End. And, of course, when he came to the club and joined the club, I said to him, oh, I said, no doubt you'll recall the games. He said, don't speak to me about those matches. Because <laughs> we, we beat them twice in big games like that. It was quite incredible. No, yeah. Absolutely. And then David Moyes played in that Preston team as well. Yes, he did, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So... Uh, but that was a superb game, and David Carroll was, was absolutely brilliant in that game. He really was. Um, and, of course, I think we had uh, another player that was also a very, very good player that Martin brought in from, uh, I can't remember where it was now, but he was, he was a decent player, and he had a good game as well. It's, it's very difficult 
they're trying to remember all the names when I'm speaking like this. So I'm sorry about that. Oh no, Shabba, at all. Quite understand. I'm a, many many a player has passed past, but in in that time, but it was been we've been so fortunate to be able to speak to many of the players from that from that era. And you know, one thing that they say is how, how good a man manager Martin was, and of course is. But but how how he installed such belief into the players as well. Oh yes, he was good with players. He was clever. What I used to like him do, I didn't. I said to him, "Why did you do that?" So he said, "I said that's rather good." I said, "I've never seen another manager ever do that." And in the dressing room before the game, he'd get the, the defenders in one area, and uh, and that, that's where he, he, he said it. So the defenders would sit there, the midfield players players would sit there, and the, the the front players would sit that group. So that was where they stayed the whole season. So that every time they went into the dressing room, they knew exactly where their seat was where they were going to hang their clothes and everything. It was really good. Um, and then he went up to the goalkeeper with the defenders and sat and had a chat with them. Then he'd move on to speak to the midfield players and have a chat about them, what he wanted expected from each of those players, what he wanted them to do. And then he'd move on to the front men and then speak to them as well. So that the whole thing he discussed was linked with the ball. You know, if you get the ball, give it him, and if you get, and so on. And it was really good the way he did it. So, what would you say is Martin's legacy at the club? Uh, Sorry. And what would you say is Martin's legacy at the club? Well, I think his legacy was that um, he was someone who thoroughly enjoyed Wickham Wanderers, who really loved being there, and he did everything he possibly could to make sure that they became a really good side and uh, got the fans in who loved him, who really did. And I think this is why he keeps coming back now. Anything that is a bit of an evening or we're launching something or opening something, he always likes to attend, and he comes along, and it's it's just terrific. And I imagine imagine you'd like him to have stayed longer as well. Oh, of course, yeah. But you see, once he'd achieved what he'd achieved at Wickham, there were so many clubs after him, uh, when he decided to go. You see, at one time, there were quite a few clubs who came after him in the middle of the last season. And he told them all, no, he wanted to stay with the football club until the end of the season, rather than just walk out and let them down. Uh, he decided he would stay there at the, the very last of the season. And uh, I remember, I do remember this, Bristol Rovers, Nottingham Forest, Leicester City, um, they were all very interested in him and were keen to take him on. And uh, it's, it's quite... And in the end, he went to Norwich when he left the club. He left the club at the end of the season. In the June, he joined Norwich City after having spoken to Rovers, um, Forest and Leicester City about taking on a manager's job with them. So it was quite incredible, really, how famous he'd become. And it must have really felt as well, at the time, you know, the club was one of the top non-league clubs in the country, and then, you know, becoming a football league club, and a lot of people would have known, you know, it must have been quite a sense of pride for everyone working and associated with the club that, that Martin was the manager. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's absolutely right. So, really, it worked out well for everybody to be, it did, really. We always knew he was going to go. He was never going to spend his time uh, with Wickham Wanderers for as long as some of the others have. Mainly because back then, um, there were so many clubs that were desperately looking for a decent manager that could either get them out of one division into another one. Or even start winning games, of course, if they were a club down the bottom end. But, um, yeah, it, it was terrific. Absolutely terrific. 
and great to be associated with that you know moment of history of, of the club you know getting football league status yes exactly uh, of course which is what we did because when he joined um we were um in the gm boxwell conference and we've now been in 30 years as what you were really talking about into the into the football league is 30 years ago you know when we got there in 1993 we were champions of the Vauxhall Conference and then the following season we first division um, in the Football League which was in Division 3 and great to have uh, Martin as a special guest obviously at the dinner and and also many other players from that era as well oh absolutely yeah oh absolutely well as I say not only Terry Evans is a a really really big friend but um, there were four of us that worked together at the club for many years and we all got on so well Terry was one of them because after he finished playing, he always told David Jones he'd love to be his assistant because it's something he needed to uh, learn about because he wanted to, to do that, get into the uh, the game where you know he could be um, uh, look after players and uh, and treat them and find out what how he could get them fit. So um, he worked with David Jones, who's another good friend, and then of course the club doctor back then, Gina Allen, who was absolutely superb. And so um, the four of us meet up and have done every year since I left in 2008. We meet up every year and uh, just all the memories come rushing back, you know, all the great stories come out. But it's just good when you work with a group that you did so well with and we worked together for 20 years, as I say, you know, and uh, all got on so well, um, they do become very, very strong friends. No, absolutely, and it'd be great to uh, to relive those memories at the uh, Wickham Models Ex-Play Association dinner on the 24th. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, and of course, uh, John Taylor does an awful lot of work on that. He, he's terrific, as he always has been, which is the very reason that um, when he, he was only the second person I rang, John Maskell was the first person I called and asked him if he'd like to uh, become a member of the Ex-Players Association committee, and JDT was the second one. And it all came to me because when I worked for the Daily Mail in in Fleet Street, which was in the uh, late 1950s, well, 1958 I joined uh, the Daily Mail, and after a year or so, I got into the lift with Lord Rothermere, the owner. And, um, and I'd got this reputation very quickly there because everybody thought I was... I, I thought it was from Cornwall or Devon. Like, uh, he would say, how are you there? Hey, I said, look, I said, I'm not, I'm not. And they, they all thought I got this accent, which I didn't realise, but I probably had a Bucks accent, didn't realise it. And of course, when I spoke, I was like, what's all that about? Eh? And then all the um, other thing that they, they the, the um, oh, I can't remember what it's called now, the Cockney slangs. I hadn't got a clue. What, I mean, I'd been, been there three weeks I got into the evening news. There was another uh, paper that we owned, that, that, that the mail group owned. And all of a sudden, this boy said, John. And I got off. I said, John. I said, my name's not John. I made sure body's John here, aren't they? He said, yeah, just take these up the apples. First draw on the right. If the geezer in there says anything, tell him we'll have a rabbit on the dog. You thought we were at a farm or something? I hadn't got a clue what he was on about. And, and there's a group down there all cracking up with laughter and sort of, you know, just taking the mickey out of me because they thought I came from you know, way out in the country. When I said, uh, hi, Wickham, that's why that, no one had ever heard of it, you know. It's, it was quite extraordinary. But they were wonderful days, absolutely wonderful days. And Lord Rothermere, 
realised that was who he was speaking to where we were in the lift. And he said, oh, you're the young lad uh, from Buckinghamshire? I said, oh, yes, my lord, I am. Oh, no, it's jolly good. He said, uh, how are you going in? I said, yeah, fine. I said, he said, I understand you're doing a very good job. I said, well, I'm trying very hard. Well, you seem to be doing very well. He said, it's like anything in life. Remember this. If you all get the right people, you always get the best result. And I'll never forget him saying that to me. No, it's, been a, real, it's a great message to, to say. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure. Uh, Alan Hutchinson is the, uh, the chair of the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association speaking to us here at Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Final part of this week's Wickham Wanderers show. Still to come, we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield. Uh, he'll be talking us through uh, a lot that's happened uh, since the last show, uh, especially, of course, that game at Stevenage, and uh, we'll bring uh, us updates on Brandon Hanlon and also uh, Luke Leahy's uh, health as well and uh, situation regarding uh, the events at Adams Park on Saturday. But first, uh, we're, we're regularly throughout the season following Wickham Wanderers women and uh, they've got a cup game uh, happening this weekend. I'm very pleased to say that uh, Craig, uh, who does a lot of work for uh, Wickham Wanderers women with the media and uh, sorts out with a lot of interviews that uh, you hear on the Wickham Wanderers show as well, uh, joins us this week and can uh, bring us up to date with uh, their next fixture. Yeah, I mean, County Cup quarter-final against Abingdon. Uh, you know, they got promoted last season. Very good side um, now in the, in the National League. Um, you know, and it's, it's a great challenge for the girls to sort of see where that, that's the next standard and that's um, that's the league above to, to match us. But it's been so stop-start stop in the last sort of three or four weeks. We've had two postponements away to Woodley and away to um, Worcester. So, you know, the girls are just sort of itching to sort of get back on the pitch. And as well, a really nice opportunity, I guess, for, for the, any you know who are having injury problems to get over those and, and really kind of establish a bit more consistency back in the side. Yeah, always. I mean, you know, we've got a couple of girls that sometimes have to like work on Sundays as well that are on shifts. So you know, and, you know, you add that to a couple of injuries, and then you you sort of start to to, to look at the the bigger, the wider, the group that you have. So um, it has sort of in a, in a way. Um, you know, in some situations allowed us to kind of rest a few girls and everyone's had like a, a Sunday off to, to recharge the batteries, which is regardless of whatever stage of the season you're at is, is a good time. But um, at the moment with the, you know, the, the wetter months coming and the colder months, it's, you know, we, we play on a, on a, on a 3G. So we've got a, um, you know, our surface is always really, I remember in I think January, February of this year, we played in minus six and the pitch was still playable at Burnham, which is a testament to the work they do there. Um, but uh, you know these all grass pitches don't um, don't stand a chance in that weather. And really nice as well for the manager to have options. You know we spoke to Emily last week and it was really nice that she was able to come on for Chelsea when she was injured and and great to talk to her as well because you know such a stage that she is in her sort of playing career that she's able to benefit from Chelsea's experience but also she's had last season in the first team too. Oh absolutely, Colin. I mean you know Emily was was really put in the deep end last season and uh, she did tremendously well. You know, she's 16, she's just come from the, uh, from the EDA, from the Wickham Foundation. Um, and, you know, she did really, really well in her, you know, her February month was three clean sheets. And, you know, that was a testament to herself and the defence of the, of the relationship that they, they built over that time. But, yeah, it does give other people opportunity as well. I mean, and Myra is a, a she's another one that, that springs to mind. 16, it's her birthday today, actually. Um, and she's another one that's come through the, the sort of the ranks, and you know she she played really really well uh, in the Penn and Tyler game. She changed that game down the left with Maddie Armstrong. Um, you know those two changed that game, and it's 
it's a testament to, to these young players that, that watch the first team train every every Tuesday and every Thursday and they know the standard and if they're given an opportunity they're coming in and they're, they're doing really really well you mentioned Maddie. Did you speak to her on next week's show? Really nice that she's able to to come in with the former captain Cara's departure as well, and has really made that left back spot her own as well. Absolutely, and uh, Maddie has played left back in the past, but you know she she definitely in a couple of preseason games she kind of played sort of sort of wide right or wide left, and and you know against Penn and Tyler she she did play wide left for a little bit, scored and got an assist, so she did well there. But fundamentally, she 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 came in at left back to replace Cara uh, that left, which was a big loss. Um, but Maddie has just kind of come in and completely kicked on. Um, she she's a, a real success story as well. Again, another sort of seventeen year old just coming in and just getting on with it. And you know she's uh, she's she's really really done well this season. And uh, looking forward to hearing your chat with her next week. And it's really brilliant. We spoke to Sarah recently as well, who's an experienced player too, who's come into the side uh, into the squad competitor recently as well, but can really bring you know a lot to the dressing room too. It's such a good balance, you know. We've just talked about, you know, a couple of seventeen-year-olds, and you know, even Emily as well, who's who's seventeen now as well, who's sixteen last year. And then you've got Sarah, who who has a little bit more experience. She's been in this league a lot. She's been at higher leagues and, and other teams, and and has been a captain before in the past with other teams as well, you know. And that, all that experience that she brings in, that you spoke to Chelsea as well, that you mentioned earlier as well, she brings a lot of experience in. You know, we've got a number of other girls like Bobby um, as well, and she she's got a lot of experience as well. So. You know, you start really adding a lots of pieces to the puzzle, and before you know it, you've got a really nice mix of of experienced girls and players and, and younger players. We're well, really looking forward to hearing how they're doing in future weeks. Thank you so much, Neil, for your time. You're welcome, Colin. Take care. More from Wickham Wanderers women. Um, well almost every week on the Wickham Wanderers show as well. As mentioned, uh, Matt Bloomfield, the Wickham Wanderers manager, spoke to the, the press earlier on today uh, and, of course, started by uh, giving us the latest on the health of uh, Luke Leahy. Uh, but first, Brandon Hanlon. Yeah, we're really sad and disappointed for Brands that his season's come to such a premature end. Um, I'm, I'm really pleased. I've been really pleased with the work that Brandon's put in from the off-field off-field, um, off-season programme that he followed to come back in such good shape and the way he's been leading the line for us, allowing us to press from the front. Um, I think that the way he's brought into the way we want to play has been incredible. Um, I've got a lot of time for Brands as a as a, as a person. I think he's an absolute um, diamond. Um, so for his season to come to a premature end, it's it's certainly um, very, very sad and disappointing for for him and and for us because he's a big part of what we've been building over the last few months. So he's obviously going to you know leave a big hole. Um, Luke, I'm pleased to report he's feeling slightly better today. He's had a, he's had a rough few days trying to get over the the incident from Saturday, um, but he's feeling slightly better, and we, we're hoping that he's on making his first steps to to a full recovery. And is it something that you're especially you know keen that obviously he kind of progresses correctly in the you know your experience with head injuries too. 100% there you can have it from me that we will not rush him we will not force him to be back playing until he's absolutely ready um I know how serious uh, head injuries can be I know how important it is to um allow him the time that he needs to to recover properly you know these uh head knocks as they've been described as are certainly not knocks they're serious head brain injuries that can cause long term effects and you have to give the sufferer the right amount of time to recover um, so their long-term health, which is the most important thing in Luke's life for him and his families, is is his brain health for his long-term future. So, um, yeah, you have it from me that we'll give him the right amount of time to recover. And when he does, we can't wait to welcome him back into the team. 
And also, I'm sure you're keen to stress the seriousness of the situation on Saturday, because I think many people didn't quite know sort of what was happening or the seriousness of the situation. Yeah, it was um, it was really serious. It was, um, you know, uh, there was a real concern for, for, for Luke. The doctor was you know, searching for his pulse to check that everything was all right because he'd suffered a really big collision. Um, so um, it was a, it was a, an incident of serious nature. I'm not sure that's really been understood um, outside of our dressing room enough that our boys witnessed and were first responders to a really serious incident on a football pitch where they were concerned for their friend. And, you know, obviously off the back of that, the shock and the trauma that those boys suffered um, from being those first responders and the boys that were around him um, and then carrying on to play in a football match where they were in shock and um, suffered from a traumatic experience. It's been, it's been quite a big outpouring this week, I would suggest in terms of dealing with those players, first and foremost, their well-being and their mental and, and physical health has to be number one priority for us as a football club and, and as guardians of those guys when they're in our, in our care. So We've we've dealt with that this week the best we possibly can, um, and uh, their care for Luke and and his health is is at the forefront of all of our minds. And obviously, before Saturday, you had a number of injuries, and this obviously adds to it. But but fantastic news that you've been able to bring in Lyle Taylor as as uh, sort of strength up front. Absolutely, Lyle's someone who's had a, a very very good career. Has you know comes with a, a really you know big caliber of experience at such a good level. Scored goals in all leagues um, so we're looking forward to welcoming him into the building he's someone who I've been speaking to for a number of months I've been chasing for a number of months uh, he's had a lot of interest over the summer and um, fortunately for us he's still on, on the market and available so we spoke again after the weekend he's someone who I've warmed to a lot in terms of his personality and his honesty and someone who I've always admired for a number of years in terms of going back to the days when it was him and B up front for, for Wimbledon and we used to lock horns with those guys on a regular basis and he was always, those two were always a pain up front and he always, you know, used to be involved in goals or goal scoring events or or um, in their build. So, yeah, I think he's someone who I admired for a number of years. He's always obviously had a, a very good career and he's someone we're really pleased to be able to welcome into the building at a time when um, we suffered in, injuries, especially in those forward areas. And could he be someone seen as perhaps like a typical kind of signing in terms of like the stage of his career and, and the profile and how he fits in with the, the rest of the group? I think so. I think, I'm, I mean, I mean, referenced it earlier on in, with Bayo. I think that, you know, B came here in his 30s and had the best six years of his career and he will uh, openly admit that. So I think there's been other players who have signed in their 30s at Wickham who have gone on and had incredible times here. So I think that Lyle arrives here with, with a point to prove. He wants to score goals. He wants to be part of something special. He wants to be a part of an environment that he's proud of and a team that he's proud of, and he wants to achieve things. So for me, it's a good mix, and, and we're really, really pleased to to have him here. Uh, and we can't wait to see him in a Wickham shirt. Another boost for you, the return of Jack and Joe and, and Christy this week in a, in a practice game as well. Yeah, those guys have been out for a while, so um, we have to take it slow with them. But they were all able to get 45 minutes under their belt on, on Tuesday afternoon. So we're really, really pleased that they were able to make the first steps on their comeback. So, yeah, those, they've been out for a while. You know, Christy's a young lad who we have high hopes for. And Jack and JJ are obviously real senior members of our squad who have not had their influence both on and off the pitch in terms of um, leadership in and around match days and, and, and on the pitch. We haven't had that for a number of months, so... To slowly welcome those guys back is is really key for us, especially coming into such a busy period of games. 
And was the, the rescheduling of the game on Saturday, was that something sort of a kind of a no-brainer, really, or something that was quite easy to, to arrange? It was, I mean, yeah, it was easy to arrange. It involved a phone call to Johnny, who I know fairly well over a number of years, to say, you know, your game's off, so is ours. It makes sense for us both to play on Saturday instead of Tuesday evening. Um, we hope that it provides, you know, our supporters a, a Saturday lunchtime game to go to instead of a Tuesday evening, you know, with children for for school and all the rest of it, the late night. So um, it also gives both both teams longer to recover for their league games coming next weekend. They've got Notts County, I believe, and obviously our Reading game. It just it felt like the reasonable, responsible and educated thing to do to, to move the game to Saturday afternoon. So it's what we we're able to do. We're really pleased to have, have done that. And so thanks to Johnny and Wimbledon for for um, being a part of that. So, yeah, we're looking forward to the game. And obviously, you won't want to give away your your lineup, but I guess it'll be it'll be nice to feature uh, a great opportunity for, for Lyle, hopefully, to, for fans to see him. And I guess it's a game you'd have you'd have made changes in anyway. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the number of injuries we've got and the number of players we've got away on international duty, it doesn't take too much to work out that there's going to be several changes. It will be nice to hopefully see Lyle as long as he can get through training these next couple of days. We'd lovely to see him in a Wickham shirt. It'll be lovely to give the opportunity to some of those boys that have not played as many minutes as they would have liked to recently. And, and we've got some young players who we're we're really keen to give some exposure in the first team environment to as well. So, yeah, I think it'll be a, a, a mixture. It'll be everybody who we've got fit and available, if I'm honest, will be there on Saturday. And because the numbers we've got uh, away on international are unavailable means as such. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the game. It's going to be hopefully a really good game against two good teams. Uh, and we're looking forward to seeing some of our boys in action. Is there anything particularly you're hoping to get out of it? Because obviously, you know, if you win the game, you'll, you'll top the group and it'll, it'll feel like a, a bit of a sort of extra special uh, sort of cherry on the top, if you like, to the, to the competition. Yeah, what I want to achieve is everybody that plays, plays with the identity and the style that we're trying to build on, plays with the identity of a Wickham Wanderers player in terms of their conduct and the way that they work, the style of football we're trying to play. So irrespective of changes, I really, really hope that we can see a team similar in style. And if we do that, my belief is that we've been so close to picking up even more points than what we have this season. We want to pick up more points in the league programme, but you know we've already progressed in this competition, but any game we play, we want to win. So whilst we uh, are going to make changes, we want to provide a performance that we're proud of because we're building a, a certain style that we want to play and, and we want that all players to be ready to step into league action if they're ready. And Saturday provides a very good opportunity for those boys to um, to have exposure to that in a competitive environment. And as you touched on, a great opportunity for fans who might not have been able to make the, the seven o'clock kickoff on the Tuesday to come along on a Saturday. Yeah, we've missed out on a couple of you know home league fixtures um, in the last couple of months, which has not sat terribly comfortable with us. But unfortunately, we've been forced into it due to the availability or lack of availability with internationals and injuries. So, yeah, I apologise for supporters with the number of games they have missed this year on a Saturday at home, the Cambridge and the Wigan game. But yeah, we're really pleased to have been able to to be able to arrange this for a Saturday and, and, and put that on. Uh, sorry, the, the Cambridge and the Cheltenham game, wasn't it? The home games. But we've been able to put this on for our supporters to come and watch on a Saturday and hopefully some of those can can take advantage of that and see some of these lads in action. It could be a really great day out as well because the, the Christmas light switch on in the town has been moved to the Saturday. Uh, the game before that, and I'm, I'm sure you're aware that, that your predecessor has has performed on stage at a Christmas light switch on and, and actually sung you know, Christmas songs. Is that something that, you, is, is that was that part of the, the contract in, in your taking over, for example, or is that something that you, you need to be able to kind of be aware of? Yeah, I think it's probably the best question I've been asked since I've been back as manager. So thank you for that. Um, but <laughs> I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... Um, there is absolutely no chance of me singing at any Christmas lights uh, or anything. My my voice is in, uh, incredibly bad. So, yeah, sorry to be uh, uh, 
<laughs> Sorry to bring the bear of bad news, but yeah, I, I think Gaz did an incredible job here, didn't he? Really, um, you know, being the front of of the team, but also with the things he did off the pitch in terms of his um, performance, but. Yeah, um, I'm sorry, mate. I'm just going to stick to the football. <laughs> I think we could take that as a maybe. Possibly. <laughs> I, I would like, if Arriva and Carousel are listening, I would like uh, a Matt Bloomfield bus, please. I think Absolutely. About time. Absolutely. Yeah. And yes, uh, Matt may well be singing on stage. <laughs> Asterisk. Probably, probably not. <laughs> probably not. It's, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. Uh, some breaking international news. Oh, you can bring yes. Us. Would you like some breaking international news, Colin Besley? Yes, please. Is there, is there any over the top sound effects slash music in that we could use for this? Well, would you like some over the top? Uh, dramatic music I think we've got time you think we've got time um, well no well it does feel a bit like <laughs> does it look like I'm, does it sound like I'm padding perhaps the, the music might not be a, a gabber after all no. just bring us the news uh, the news is uh, Wales playing uh, this <laughs> afternoon or, or this evening more as it is uh, and Joe Lowe has scored in the first half 1-0 currently Oh, fantastic. Very very neat, good news. That shows it's live. 1-0 currently. 1-0 currently. Yeah, they're in the second half. Oh, fantastic You're news. Uh, great to have uh, five uh, yeah. representatives of uh, Wickham Wanderers on, currently on international duty. Uh, Chris Freno making his uh, first debut international uh, game as well. No, absolutely. Re- really well done for him. Uh, really pleasing as well. For for people like Joe Lowe as well, who, you know, to score in, indeed for your country, it must be an incredible feeling. He keeps scoring as well. He's doing an excellent job. So, you know, well done for him and well done to uh, to all of them getting there call up did you have some sausage roll news as well oh yeah you seem to be confused by the Joe Lowe sausage roll sort of thing yeah do fill me in um, it's just something they call his goals a sausage roll I'm not 100% I don't understand it either but that's just what it's it's Cockney rhyming slang I was going to say Alan, really. Alan was talking about the, the Cockney slang earlier and it, perhaps sausage roll goal perhaps. possibly yeah I think that might be what it is yeah perhaps sausage goal would be better oh yeah I fancy sausage rolls now <laughs> Because we, we talked to Phil recently, weren't we? Sausage rolls in different languages, and there's some countries that's that don't, it, that's don't have sausage rolls. That's how it all linked up, basically, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Just a quick recap then. Saturday, kick-off 12.30, build up at 12. Uh, if you want full live commentary from Sam and... Ben. Then tune in from... 12. Hear the whole match from... 12.30. Then switch over. Uh, from full time, which could be 5 o'clock, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the referee's discretion yep. and uh, enjoy the uh, the festivities uh, in the town centre with the Christmas light switch on live on Wickham Sound as well thank you very much for uh, uh, coming off the substitutes bench and, and playing the part of Phil uh, admirably this week <laughs> that's alright I'm, I'm here all the time basically oh uh, join us next week on the show uh, we'll be catching up with uh, Maddie Armstrong from Wickham Wanderers Women uh, we'll be hearing again from Matt Bloomfield and it'll be the eve of the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association annual dinner as well mm. so lots to look forward to maybe they'll have sausage rolls Possibly. Pigs Maybe Joe Lowe will bring some sausage rolls. Pigs in blankets? Is it Christmassy, the annual event? Oh, very. Oh, well, yes. Bring on the sausage crackers. rolls. Crackers? Bring on the Christmas foods. I mean Christmas crackers, not as in cheese. <laughs> Father Christmas will be he there? I doubt it, but you can't roll anything you out. You never know. No. Perhaps Matt Bloomfield will be singing. As Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, join us on next week's show to find out perhaps some of that and more, but all less as well. Come on, you blues. <laughs>